Uh, good afternoon, students. Oh, wait, we haven't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Was it the confirmation phase? I'm just ripping, man. Now I'm rolling. You gotta um, get used to this. This is a whole new energy here. All right. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. New notes. storyteller. Who's this? New All father. Right, so ready. Ready when you are. I just take my music okay. out of my hair. Are we ready? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. This is just going on Patreon, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Lower stakes <laughs> for, for now. Sure. We're going to begin now. <laughs> now? Yes. I'm formally welcoming all, uh, welcoming all of you to Vegas by Night, our Vampire the Masquerade stream. Congratulations, yes. everybody. Woo. We made it. Yes. Boom. We've done it. It took what? So like. Long. Three Too months long. of planning, official planning, and then before that, like months of being like, okay, maybe we could do it then. We're not about it for more than a year. Yeah, yeah, I've been writing this thing for a while. Wow. Um, I mainly wanted to uh, bring this session together so that we could talk about some things uh, like tone. Um, I want to talk about some media that I thought were was sort of influential when I was writing this, so that maybe you can get into the mood watching some of that. Um, I want to talk about Chronicle Tenants, which are uh, a feature of this game that really come into play uh, with defining how our game is going to play and how we view the tone of this world. Um, and I also want to talk Coterie Type. Coterie Type is that thing I've been talking to you guys about. It is basically like the in-lore version of the Tenants, which we'll get into. Um, after that, we're going to talk about the relationship map and do some character intros just to get an idea of who these people are. Now, obviously, we're not going to give the whole goat away, um, but we want to at least give everyone a concept of who they're going to be playing with so that we can make a relationship map that ties these people together correctly. Um, that. After that, we're going to look into some lore because I know a lot of us are like, what the fuck is happening in this game? And who are these people? And what are those weird words you said, Magic Man? Um, so we'll talk about some of the weird words that you're going to encounter. Um, and then after that, I want to talk a little bit about the rules. We've been playing Orpheus for the last few months, but obviously that is not indicative of the whole vampire experience. It's very similar, but there are some things that changed with the changing of the guards and the rightful murder of White Wolf. Um, <laughs> so there are some things we're going to talk about in terms of function and gameplay and then afterwards we can talk questions about anything we have before uh, uh, July 2nd there and we'll talk uh, a little bit about how session one is going to go what the conceit is for why you're there in the first place so to begin I want to talk about tone um, and obviously everything that I give to you guys today is optional we can discuss amongst ourselves if we think that fits our story because vegas by night may be a story that i'm telling but it's what i'm telling with you guys i want everything to feel mayday not just caleb um there's going to be a lot of fucking caleb so i would love to get more uh mayday but caleb games. is a part of mayday so i know kind of like cyclical in that way right Amen. Or it's the Amen. morbius that feeds itself right? <laughs> um <laughs> So, in, in my mind, vampires for me have always been dark, supernatural, dreamlike, and lonely. Tone-wise, I'm looking for a serious vibe, 
Um, that, of course, is going to be broken up by some of our shenanigans. We cannot avoid whatever fucked up shit we're going to do to each other because that's our vibe. Um, but I want to see a game with real consequence, with real importance, and with real care. Um, and a lot of that comes with expressing the above reality level of this game. Um, uh let, let, let me see. In, in my attempt with tone i'm trying to build a world that exists just above our real one a heightened interpretation of our world where everything is more important um think like a theatrical dramatized version of life um that doesn't always adhere to our normal principles and that that goes beyond just being vampires of course vampires are going to be weird we suck blood and we eat people and you know we're uh, lifeless monsters that will go on forever. But I'm also talking about life taking on a um, dreamlike quality that defies what we normally expect of a game, even with supernatural circumstances. Um, I'm curious for you to elaborate that. I mean, is you know, are you going to present our game in a way where it will feel dreamlike? Uh, how exactly do you mean? So tone-wise, I'm looking to express a lot of the situations we go through through things that are presented um, narratively that feel like you're in a fever dream. Um, I'm, I'm trying to adopt like a, uh, a Lynch sort of style of presentation where everything feels like they should be going on normally, but the vibe you get off of those things are as, as if maybe I'm not actually in this situation. So. Um, it may be that your character says something in conversation that makes everyone in the world look at him rather than a few people who have off glances. I want you to feel like uh, almost like untrusty narrators, uh, un unreliable narrators, where that the situation is heightened beyond all levels in that dreamlike quality of, uh, 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 of changing perceptions, not truly trusting whether something is real or not. Do we all sort of get what I'm saying? If you've ever watched an episode of Twin Peaks where it's just two people in a diner talking over coffee, but it feels like you're on fucking psychedelic drugs from the way that right. they speak to each other, some of these sequences will have that effect. Can yeah, I drive. Very quickly, just so it helps my brain. Are, um, <clears throat> are we talking, when you said heightened reality, are we talking like Shonda Rhimes heightened reality? Raised to... Bridgerton, or are we talking like a little bit more muted, like how like Dawson's Creek era Team OC shit? I, I'm thinking more like Warhammer, where like it's the end of the world, everything is like really important kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, so, Buffy, so Buffy season five. Yeah, it's Thank very, you. it's very Buffy, <laughs> where but you dark. constantly are like, aren't you supposed to be 16 years old in, in fucking Hollywood? What the fuck is happening in the show? Right, right. Um, and yes, uh, Vince uh, actually brought up one of the materials that really inspired my campaign, and that's uh, a movie by Lynch called Mulholland Drive. Oh, where it, it phenomenal. Takes, it takes place in Los Angeles, but it's a Los Angeles without smog. You never see people on the streets. There's no traffic. It's all so stylized that you feel like you are part of something that's real, but you are not actually, uh, you know, in it. You're there, but you're not a part of it, if that makes sense. Vegas is going to be something accessible, but disconnected. We're detached from reality, if that makes sense. Um, 
Uh, there's also something I want to work with within tone that I call conditional consequence. Um, in a game like Vampire the Masquerade, it's easy to get bogged down with indecision because you're, you get in this habit of thinking everything that I do is another political step to uh, accomplishing something. So if I make the wrong one, well, let's have a two-hour discussion on what is the wrong one before actually making decision. Um, so for this game, I want you guys to feel like you can make decisions without sacrificing the whole game because you said something wrong at a dinner party or whatever it is, right? Um, so that comes in twofold. One, if your character is smoother than you were in a moment and you feel like it's worth redacting or rewording, that is always accepted by me and I won't go punishing you for speaking in haste. If you say something and you're like, wait, hold on, my character's way fucking smarter than the stupid shit that just came out of my mouth. Um, Caleb, can I take that back? 100% you can. Um, we want to reflect these characters how you view them rather than how we would do in a courtroom, how we would do in a, in a political debate. Because I know I would be saying things left and right that probably would not reflect what I was actually trying to get out of the situation. Um, and then two, the places where consequences really come into play are in narratively appropriate sections. For instance, the consequences for upsetting a prince are drastically different depending on the stakes at play. If you commit a faux pas on impulse during a mission briefing, you won't be killed on the spot. But if you challenge authority when put on display at an Elysium dinner party during wartime, all of a sudden the worst consequences can be put into play. So the, the way that I'm thinking of this is like, you can make mistakes. It's when uh, high time comes around that you, you really need to worry about those things. And we're talking about um, DTR, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to make mistakes when you're looking for clues than when you're fight, fighting the monster, right? Um, and the same thing goes for these social encounters. You, you can work your way up when, when crunch time comes around. That's when I'm going to remind you, hey, some of these decisions might end up in you losing your head. Uh, any questions so far? How are we feeling about all this? Uh, I Oof. do have a question on tone really quick on uh, violence and sexuality. Yeah. So what... Uh, can we talk about like like the range that we're talking about? So um, I was thinking that for this game, we, we have a pretty uh, like wide berth because we're vampires. Things are you know darker than they usually are. And we're playing reflections of ourselves that are a, a lot more selfish and self-serving than we are in real life, I hope. Um, so with that, I want you guys to give give you credence to explore that and that's part of the fun of this game is you get to be a bad person or you get to be a person who's struggling with the fact that they're going to live forever you know um on that same route i don't want to go anywhere that takes you guys too far so uh i was thinking after this session zero we'll put out a mask and lines um uh, a survey that you guys can take just to see if there's anything we really don't want to touch but in my mind, violence will probably go into the ultra. Like, uh, violence is the R-rated. Violence is, uh, I, I'm looking at doing a lot of body horror, if that's okay with everyone. Think like uh, The Thing or Evil Dead level. Um, so I'm thinking of experiencing, you know, some spooky shit because it is a spooky game. And I want you guys to get into the, the, the idea of like, well, like, uh, to not to spoil, well, to spoil something, but um, <laughs> Zach is playing a, a gangrel, right? And part of being a gangrel is turning into this massive fucking beast. 
um, with the power to rip limbs off with a single pull and everything. I want Zach to feel that way whenever they use that discipline. So if you want to get into it and describe those things, as long as it passes our mask and line survey, I'm all for it. In fact, I want you guys to explore that. Vampire is a story of ultraviolence. It's a story of selfishness. It's a story of taking advantage of the situation. One thing I will not accept at the table, though, uh, I do not want any sexual assault. I do not want any sort of sexual anything that goes into the negative. I'm all I'm all for sex positive. You guys want to fuck? I've seen Orpheus. I know we've been there. Do it by all means. Take the merit that means you can do it safely and fun. Whatever you want to do, I'm all for it. Um, probably not going to describe any of that. God bless. We'll get a little like flirty, but that's about it. Um, and then in the negative, I don't want to see any sort of that, and I don't expect to put any bad guys in front of you that you do and even if that's sort of hinted at it will never be addressed it will never be something present on the on, on the front um i hope that clears that up do you guys have any questions on that no anything explicitly we need to hard code right now and say hey this does not belong i know we just gave a big white birth but it's you know i i know this may sound because i keep bringing this up a little bit but it's it's just mostly because um, what uh, Aaron and my character is planning to do. I want to know if there's anything that gets uncomfortable. Is there like a thing we can do where we could say like, tone it down or yeah. like, chill. So I'm all for yellows, uh, yellow signs and X's. So I think that we can agree that this is a, hey, what the fuck are we doing? I may need uh, a little, a few seconds and then you can remove yourself. X is a hard out, meaning that uh, we don't want to pursue this. And if I see the X or if I get an X on Discord, it's over. We're going to end the scene right there. We're going to move completely on. So this is like, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm comfortable with you guys continuing. I'm going to step away. This is what the fuck are we doing? We're sacrificing our brand. What about the 10 people watching us right now? <laughs> Shots fired. Always yeah. thinking about them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to think about Ankh. Um, <laughs> hey. uh, does that clear things up so like I want you guys to feel clearly Amanda is planning something fucking sinister yeah. <laughs> yeah. Want... shocking I'm... absolutely no one yeah, <laughs> especially after talking to those two I, I'm, I feel for everyone at the table um, <laughs> that's why I wanted to get it out of the way yeah. now but and for also, the, the rest up. of you that is something I want you to explore. If, if that's something that excites you about being the vampire, absolutely. I know others of you are going for the sad part of being the vampire, obviously, <laughs> which shocks none of us. Um, and some of you are going for the like power trip of it, right? These are all things we should explore on different terms for each person, but I want that totally. That is what I'm looking for. So I'm glad you asked. Uh, oh, any yeah. other questions on mask and lines or uh, safety at the table or how far we should go with it? I think we're all pretty familiar with each other yeah. in terms of yeah. this kind of stuff, so I'm not too worried about it. Neither am I. Neither am I. This game, like on the first page, tells you to remove as many boundaries as you can and, uh, as is safe. So maybe we want to go further than we have before, which I don't know how far or how much further we can go after T2R season two. Uh, that's not challenge accepted. Not a challenge. <laughs> that's not tent. Sounds like a challenge. It is, Aaron, no, no, no. 
Aaron. Don't worry, Aaron. I got baby love. I'm Aaron, off. listen, I'm not like these other DMs. Those two, they don't I'm get cool. it. I'm a yeah. cool DM. We're, we're technically below you to the side. Those yeah. DMs, they don't get it. I'm a cool DM. That's right. I'm okay if you want to drink. Just do it in the house, please. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, uh, and, and those two rules about uh, conditional consequence to go back to like my my little document I'm looking at. That's just to encourage everyone to engage no matter what. Because I've been in VTM games where I did not feel smart enough to do what I was doing. And I did it anyways and then felt bad later. I'd rather you guys feel like you have that power without feeling bad about it. Um, some media pieces that I think would really help you guys if you want to get into the vibe of how I'm telling vampires, because there are about 50,000 ways. I mean, there's everything from Abraham Lincoln van, uh, Vampire Slayer to like 30 Days of Night. Like, you can go a million different ways <laughs> with telling to. a vampire story. Um, there's also, you know, Twilight. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, you have to, you you have have to, to say it physically. Yeah. I, I, I could see some of you, like, physically tensing that I did not say the word. I was mostly doing it for Zakiya's benefit, honestly. Just, yeah. <laughs> that's the tone I live in. Don't, you don't have to say <laughs> it. I'm, I'm sure before this is over, we'll get a vampire baseball scene. We'll see it. Oh, God. Okay. Yes. Um, Look, I'm, so, still, I'm still on board for us doing <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> so that's our that's our coteries where the base little minor league baseball Vegas baseball <laughs> leagues. Look, no, Serge, you're saying this like it's a joke, <laughs> which is a real thing. My dad played in a minor league like church league yeah. at like night, an intramural so possible. Yeah, that yeah. would find be us a softball league. You, you that think would I'm be bold. great too because like your domain issues are supposed to be centered around the domain. So park. all of your issues would be like, softball fucking, yeah, we got a rival baseball team, <laughs> and they're werewolves or something. <laughs> uh, okay. how, how come you didn't say Lost Boys? That, I'm just gonna it's, give you. Uh, hold on, he hasn't given his list yet. <laughs> I haven't given you yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I get the done. The very first that I think is most indicative of how you are going to experience vampires, you should go and watch Interview with a Vampire. It is oh, everything that I think I'm going for vibe-wise. It's a movie that feel. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a classic vampire flick with Lestat, uh, Tom Cruise performing the perfect Camarilla impression, and Louis going through a genuine anarch revolt. The power politics, the otherworldly longing, all of it is reflective of how I see the vampires, okay? Um, you, you have a great representation of this uh, sire and child relationship where Tom Cruise is trying to give uh, uh, Brad Pitt everything that he needs to to survive in this new existence not fully understanding because of this huge age gap and understanding gap that he's ruining the life of this thing he covets as a toy and Brad Pitt in reverse is seeing his life stretched on forever because someone else made a decision for him and trying to react naturally in that situation of he has given me what he thinks is a gift i have to be grateful but how can i be grateful for all that time lost it's a great representation of what it is to be trapped in a relationship with the sire um 
rarely is it a good relationship and that's really indicative in this movie it's always chaotic even when louis flees lestat and ends up with his very hot antonio banderas boyfriend in paris even that goes completely wrong because no vampire is truly built for talking with another uh individual and connecting with them right it's just doomed a uh, great movie the book is uh, a great too if you have <laughs> two weeks to read a novel um the second, and, and uh, Vince already uh, you know, pegged this immediately, but Mulholland Drive was a huge inspiration because I was, I was looking at twofold when I was putting this together. I was thinking, how do I express the vampire and how do I express the Vegas? Mulholland Drive is the expression I'm going for for the city. It's a movie that feels like a fever dream but captures the real world but far from real. Um, it's it feels both wholly faithful to Los Angeles and bizarrely detached all at the same time. This is Vegas uh, by night for me. You are in a city that is so loved and known and appreciated, and anyone living would be so happy to be there. But you are not a part of that, and you don't get to be. You live on the fringe of what that reality is, and you can only watch Vegas like a jewel from afar, and every interaction feels like you are out of place. That's what I'm going for. Um, some looser ones that don't really have descriptions. You should check out Twin Peaks. Uh, you should listen to a Nine Inch Nails album called With Teeth. You should listen to anything by She Wants Revenge, uh, by Bauhaus, uh, by Interpol. Those are all great musical artists to get you in a vibe of what I'm, I'm slaying down. Uh, you should go watch an old David Bowie movie uh, called The Hunger. It's really bad, but it's great vampire. Um, Lost Boys uh, is absolutely essential if you want to know what my Anarchs are going to be like. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland and his weird, bizarre uh, concept of thinking he's saving you uh, is so inherent to the Anarch side of things. They are so obsessed with being free that they've lost sight of what it is to really live. Um, and then finally, if you're into comics, you should check out American Vampire. It's a great little series. Yes. Hey, okay, Rob's got me. Yes. Uh, or Vince has got me. Um, the the American Vampire series has a great interpretation of what it is to be uh, uh, a vampire and what it is I'm going for. So good. Any so questions good. on any of that? I feel like we're leaving out uh, so, Twilight. You should watch you. every right. Twilight. <laughs> I will not. I will not. Unless we all do it together and you agree that I get to make fun of it. Uh, of course. Of course, of course you get to make fun of it. Literally yeah, of watching Twilight is making fun of it. Yeah. Even when you like I have a recording it. session after this, but I would, I will absolutely drive to your house instead of doing my recording <laughs> session. Never. <laughs> Darling, I can always just make you dress up like Edward too if I want. Oh man. Oh God. Oh, that no, would be like what we're getting into already. The shittiest I'm... requirement of a game to watch every Twilight before you can come to session one. I'm out of that. <laughs> that, would, that would be awful. Yeah. <laughs> like it's That's required watching. You're hurting Zakia. I was gonna say, just don't kill Zakia's Twilight one. love, Aaron. No, just. It's fine. It's just confusion, but that's a hate. I love Twilight, like, more than anything, but I would never subject someone to that <laughs> against their will. That's, like, that's worse than anything a vampire can do. Um, I mean, that, I, I get that. Yep. Okay. Uh, the next we gotta talk about is Chronicle Tenants. Uh, this is a, a weird one to explain because it is very nebulous. Even in the book, it's pretty nebulous. 
Uh, the tenants are rules set up by us in Session Zero to orchestrate what sort of a game we'd all like to run. Now, these rules are meant to be broken or at least analyzed. The rules implemented to drive our game towards dealing with the inherent issues within the topic the rule addresses. For example, if we were to use the rule or the tenant, protect the innocent, then the coterie would see a lot of situations throughout the game where innocents are put into danger and the tenant is put into action. Then do you choose to obey the law of the coterie and honor the tenant, or do you stray and entertain the consequences that the narrative brings in its denial? So this is a rule that we all come up with that we love in a vampire movie, or we love in a story of, of tragedy or redemption, whatever we, we want to throw this towards, right? We come up with that rule to orchestrate something we want to see a lot of in this game. Um, in addition to this, tenets can be genre-defining as well. Maybe you want to make this game particularly combat-heavy, and you institute a tenet called All Sabbat Burn and it becomes a core piece of gameplay that we purge every Sabbat vampire we meet. Um, or maybe the Coterie wants its throne at the highest level, and we implement a politically surged tenant called Vegas Belongs to Us, and forbid any action that would prevent the power of the Coterie. So you can go in like a, a concept direction of like, we should protect the innocent, you know, um, and you should avoid hubris, you, uh, you know, what, whatever high concept we want to tell narratively, but you can also go genre wise. I want a lot of combat. I want a lot of political. I want a lot of social. I want a lot of fucking around. Um, the last function of these tenants is to give us reasons to play together. As vampires, we are selfish and human monsters who even at our best are not capable of the connections we had as humans. Everything we do is charged with what we gain from it. And unfortunately, that means that sometimes we don't have reasons to work with others. These tenets give us a reminder of why these characters are built to be together, what the commonality is between each player and character. So if there are reasons, uh, think like Ahsoka, if there are reasons why we split for a, a brief moment, right? These tenets are the way that we feed them back together. So if there are spats between the parties, this is how we keep a coterie working together because, you know, why, why do bad guys get together uh, other than they have the same belief system? This is your belief system, both as a player and a character. So even if your character doesn't believe the tenet, you should at least believe it enough to push him back into the narrative uh, should he go astray. Um, I have two things to suggest that I think could guide us, but uh, and that's tenets I came up with, but they're entirely optional. Uh, and then there's whatever you guys would like to add to that list as well. I, I want you guys to come up with something if you if you have an idea, because I would love to, to have a piece of you in the tenets. Um, we should do it twofold. Of One, it should be the concept that the rule represents, and two, it should be the rule uh, itself. So, for example, I came up with one called Goat Song. Uh, this is a tale of hubris and the danger of pride. A major theme at the heart of each story being told is the battle between knowing oneself and falling, falling dangerously out of sync with your own capabilities. When you're undead, bulletproof, eternal, and powerful, how do you keep the body in check from believing itself to be invulnerable? How far are you willing to go to achieve what's out of reach, and should you have gone that far to begin with? And the rule would be, do not succumb to hubris. Don't fly too close to the sun. It's about pursuing power. So we would run into a lot of situations 
where a player would be given the opportunity to climb the tower and be more powerful than the others in the coterie, the others in the game. And it would be about controlling that power in such a way that doesn't breathe hubris. So the concept is hubris. The rule is do not pursue power, right? Do not pursue too much power, right? And we can define for ourselves how that comes into play. Because maybe your whole goal was to become Prince of Vegas. Well, how can I do that if we have a rule where hubris is an issue? One, I want you to consider that these rules are made to be fucking broken. If we have a rule that says don't succumb to hubris, it doesn't mean never invite hubris in. It means when you do, you lose humanity. You lose the things that make you who you used to be, and you become deeper the things you're trying to fight, right? Um, so think of these things as like um, obstacles that you can either avoid or run through. Running through has bigger consequences, but you gain what you want out of the situation. Avoiding can only be done for so long before something terrible happens. Does that make sense? Are we all sort of getting a vibe of what these things mean? For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I? So my question is, especially with hubris, because that's actually, I like that idea. So basically, it's to also stop like one of us from totally branching off and going fuck it. Every because we realize we're bet we have to keep each other as a group in a way. It's like that's why we always come back together because we know, like we work better as a team than solo. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that concept would like one thing you guys all brought to me in character creation was you are someone that recognized that the old guard are taking advantage of you. And so in my mind, the hubris idea is saying, we're not going to be taking taking advantage the same way they did us. And the way they did is by individualizing themselves. We're gonna make sure everyone gets fed. Um, Well, that's kind of something I wanted to bring up. Like once I saw what everybody's clans are, I immediately noticed, oh, there's no Ventru, there's no Tremere, there's no Toreador. Like these are the classic, you know, uh, leader vampires, I guess. Like the people who are at the top, and we're not that. So like my immediate vibe is we we are either the opposite or we're the underclass. Like I, I'm getting very like underclass, underserved, um, uh, kind of the dregs of Vegas kind of vibe from this group, and whether we rise or whether we fight against it or what or whatnot i do think that's very compelling in, in terms of what the, the group's makeup i love that and i agree you guys are sort of the exception uh, when it comes to clans um the only one that would be considered a high clan is legs uh and they are far from the reputation they used to have um do, do we agree that goat song could be one of our tenants then do we enjoy this one I think it's definitely worth writing yeah. down. I got, okay. yeah, I got, a, I give a thumbs up for sure. Yeah. I mean, I will say also, you know, as a player, you know, I love role play, but combat is important to my uh, attention span. So I okay. do think. I mean, I love this idea that you mentioned of body horror and just you know whatever kind of supernatural horrors you you might play into throw at it certainly entices me, and coming up against those things certainly uh, is a big draw for me so I, I i would appreciate if combat was you know just how D has those pillars of gameplay i would appreciate yeah. if it was one of the the pillars right because uh, it sounds like we've got some pretty tough sobs in this group too yes yeah we have a lot of fighters in this crew 
Um, and, and the good thing about Goat Song is that covers our political pillar, right? So let's see if we can't come up with something that feeds into Sergio's idea of combat. And maybe we could go with that body horror idea. Maybe it's something about uh, purging abominations, right? Or ridding the world of other monsters. Or, you know, maybe it is about a, an individual sect. Maybe you guys hate the vampire terrorists called the Sabbat. That's, that's the goal of the campaign. It's one of the tenets is we don't let those fuckers live because all they do is pillage and destroy everything they come across. Or, you know, maybe it's to incite war. Um, you know, uh, a war is needed. And, and this game around, we're going to make sure that a war comes out. So anytime we can bring to conflict, we're going to. Or maybe it's about the Second Inquisition. There are hunters out there and they want you dead. They do not want you to exist. And they are government bodies controlled by the U.S. to take you out specifically. So maybe your job is to ensure that they never get a chance. Who knows? Like yeah, that kind of feels like a, a common enemy because I think there isn't one clan that, well, maybe we could find a clan we all hate, but like, Sabah I think, would be it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think because we're all kindred, we either really don't like another one of the World of Darkness folks or we just don't like the cops. Yeah, so. that's right. That one. <laughs> yeah. Our rule is ACAB. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, like I saw the like in the under creative justice, it's like without a cause you are nothing. Yeah. You know, I think that's I I think that that would speak not to speak for everyone, but I think that would speak to a lot of us. You know, is yeah. is having a cause to to motivate and and propel forward. And, um, and we can use that to propagate the the idea of combat as a pillar because we we are effectively defending our causes at each yeah. combat interaction. So. We can use that to come to blows, um, yep. or or it could even be specialized to, to be uh, defend your cause uh, with everything you have or whatever it is. Um, I totally agree that without a cause you are nothing. Could totally fit this group. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it too will go into what coterie type we For go sure. with. That's what yeah. I'm right. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we if we choose to defend the city from supernatural things, I mean that kind of is where the combat pillar you know comes into play. You know, one hundred percent. So if we wanted to, tenants could reflect everything else, and then we could decide coterie group to decide right. uh, combat. I mean, what else in terms of like tenants are important to us as players? Like, we have some examples. If you will, I could just start reading them. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay, cool. So there's the humanist tenets, which is thou shalt not kill or save in self-defense. Um, thou shalt not torture. Uh, thou shalt not harm the innocent. The creed of justice, which is without a cause you are nothing. Be your own, never submit, or never kill the innocent. The gothic romantic types are never deny true love, which I like, but I, I understand. Um, <laughs> the guilty should suffer or uphold the norms of decent society. Um, street code is never snitch. I also like uh, respect others and demand respect and don't kill outsiders. I, uh, I like my character thing. certainly is is uh, interested, like to maintain their humanity. You know, um, you know, protect not necessarily protect the innocent, but don't harm the innocent. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's important to my character. But but then so does like hurting those who are guilty of something, but not as much as protecting the innocent. I, I don't know if we have a unified view on that or not. No, but I like that you and I are the ones who are opposite on this one this <laughs> <No>. time. <laughs> yeah, and remember, I like, 
when it comes down to tenants, we don't have to agree as characters. Sure. We just have to agree as players. So oh, we, yeah. we could go into session oh. one with some of us believing we should protect the innocents and others not. And the beauty of the narrative is maybe they switch at the end of arc one or whatever it is. Because I, I do feel, I'm sorry if I'm taking up too much airtime, but no, I, I, dude, no. I do I do think there's something interesting in the vampire because that's all about like the humanity stuff, right? So And, and that's something as a vampire or as a player I, I want to explore is like, how quickly and how easily can I lose my humanity? So something like this is a, obviously a, a test of that. Yeah, so so that was the second one I came up with, which I called Tragic Monsters, which is a rule of not losing all of your humanity, right? How far can you go before you stop being the person you were and you start being whatever it is you're going to be for the rest of your life sort of thing? I thought it fit each of your characters because everyone expressed a sort of um, attachment to who you were or at least an understanding that that is done now and you're trying to keep the vestiges. Um, and it honestly, it works, right? You're a group. I don't think anyone here is on a power trip yet. And if they are, that's even better because they can be the outlier. Um, and, but all of you stru struck me as a group that is working really hard to preserve the good parts of you. I'm also a fan of be your own, never submit. That's yeah. I was also dope. that was when I wrote down. I love be I, your uh, own, never submit's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that. Never snitch oh. was good too. Yeah, never snitch. Is that wrong? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I kind of like that just because it allows us the wiggle room of like <clears throat> whether we end up being more uh, on the side of the Camarilla or not. It, it, it still allows us the wiggle room of like. Yeah, we're part of the Camarilla, but we're still doing our own thing, kind of a vibe, you know. Ooh, that's gonna cause yeah. a, that. I'll tell you right now would cause a lot of interesting issues. So yeah. good, good. <laughs> I just want to remind you guys: you you don't have to pick a set. You can yep. flip oh. in this game yep. or come to a conclusion later on the game. If we start out loving the Anarchs and thinking we're all for freedom, and find out those guys blow. It's a conversation over. worth having because I honestly don't know where everybody's characters sit at the moment. Like, my character would probably just be going with whatever flow gets him closest to a kind of freedom that they want. So, um, I don't know what everyone, I mean, Let's would we take just start? a little poll? I, I love how we're just like, are we well, like, trying to subtly kind of gonna say, I'm can we just ask me? Camarilla all day. Camarilla all day, all night. Ooh. Everywhere Wait. in space on Earth. Anybody we got else? one for Cam, one for middle of the road. I think right? uh, I, I I don't want to speak for Amanda, but I think I think we're almost leaning the opposite way. And if we if we aren't, it's reluctantly. Okay, so you're with the Anarchs then. Two for the Anarch. Am I wrong, Amanda? Uh, I feel like we would kind of like. I hate to say it, you and I are kind of like straddling the line because we're a pair. We, that's non-negotiable. So it's like we have to always. <laughs> so I love how I'm just like right now in charge with you Controlling. right now. It is so non-negotiable. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and so to be clear, just because it's again, like, like I feel these... like we have to be like kind of like we're not saying no, but we're not mm. saying yes. And I know that doesn't help, but I'm kind of I am leaning with Aaron on that. But okay. so so Camarilla or like vampire politics vampire politics like like the the government the anarchs are just like we want freedom from this hierarchy so think of like um 
if the Camarilla are a feudal kingdom, right? If if the Camarilla is a king on a throne who has a court who oversees a small plot of land and they're in control of fucking everything. King decides he owns your house, he does. That's the Camarilla, right? Mm. The Anarchs are the pillagers, or uh, the villagers who pick up their pitchforks, go up into the king's uh, 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 chambers and stab him dead in his sleep and take over and say, we're all free now. We're all I mean, free. I know what they call themselves barons. But, but, but then are they then more democratic or is it more just anarchy? They're liars. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> See, this is where I was like, I'm leaning, but They're no. Both. So here's the thing. They like to think of themselves as more democratic, but a, okay. like a lot of rebellions, when they take power, they now don't know what to do with it because right. that's what they hated in the first place. Right. So they they stop and they go, well, we can't have a king. So what are we going to do? And some guy speaks up and goes, well, what if everyone in this room was a king? Okay, you get this section of New York, you get that section of New York, you get that section of New York, we'll just never talk to each other ever again. That's freedom, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, until the other guy gets into your domain and now you have no rule against it. Well, and it's, it becomes anarchy, right? So it splits. Either you have really successful anarch societies like California. California has become the anarch-free states where they have... Uh, actually a good system where barons have control, but they come together to, to vote and there are actual councils that go about. But then you also have like the anarch free states of the South where anarch is really just word for the hillbillies who rob you in the dead of night, eat you and then diabolize your body and run off in the crazed blood covered fang gang that they've become in the Appalachians, or the Appalachians, right? Um, so it goes both ways, but it goes both ways with Camarilla too. The Camarilla either are upholding of their traditions, firm to their beliefs and keep everyone within their city safe by ruling with a firm hand, or they're powerful totalitarian dictators who will do anything to take uh, a firm abuse of the people under their control. It goes both ways. You don't know what Vegas is like because it's a right. big state of flux right now where essentially two ruling bodies just left people who have been in charge for 40, 50, 60 years have all of a sudden, you know, left the sphere. So who knows what it's going to be. But those are the concepts. On on their best, they're a government. On their worst, there's a totalitarian dictatorship. And then on the anarch side, on their best, they're rebels who give democracy to the people. And at their worst, they're disenfranchised, disorganized uh Criminals. <laughs> Meet the old boss, same as the new boss. Right. Yeah. Garen, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and the Sabat right, are just terrorists. Sabat are fucking weird blood fueled terrorists who will stop at nothing uh, to kill every last old vampire. Sabat, the Sabat created this religious organization where they believe that the worst thing you can be is an elder. Um, and so gotcha. they went on this uh, big, big uh, trip to kill every grandpa in the world. Um, and they've been doing a pretty good job of it. So much so that recently, like old, uh, old, old vampires have started feeling this thing called the beckoning, which is drawing yes. them to the Middle East through their blood. And when they arrive there, it's really to wage a holy war against Sabat, who are like, this is how terrible they are. The worst thing about the Sabat is they'll go from a town to town and turn every last living person in that in that town. They will push them to the ground, bite them on the neck, create 70 new vampires in one night. 
They then take that army of like however many they came in and the town's population, go into a major Camarilla city and kill everyone in sight trying to take the city. They're like cockroaches or vermin or uh, herds. They move in, they consume everything in their path, and then they get out while they still can. Um, at their highest, they're controlled by a clan called the Lasombra, who have them engaging at the political sphere. And at their lowest, they are vermin. They are rats feeding on anything they can get their little hands on. Hmm. Certainly don't, well, doesn't seem appealing. No. no. They could build a tenant behind not liking them, but... Yeah, oh, yeah. Sabat are fucking terrible. I, mean, I know my guy... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I was just going to say, my, my dude is, is very much an outsider uh, to the to the current order. Uh, neither Camarilla nor, nor Anarchon has been raised in solitude since his embrace. So, um, definitely still up in the air. Okay, middle of the road. We've to got... middle, to well, Anarch. So oh, Mal- no, straight down. Yeah, I, just, I agree with Aaron now. Anarchs, right? Okay. Two Anarchs, two I had middle. a really kind of... Yeah, once you explain it that way, I was like, oh yeah, now I get wise to that. One can. I think we're just missing Eli and Lyle. Oh. Um, I'm also kind of like Vince. I'm I've been raised outside the political sphere, so I have no attachment to either or. So it depends nice. on how <laughs> how they court you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It depends on how yeah. this yeah. goes. We'll determine. You guys Love are it. all the Bella de Bobs. We're gonna get along. We're yeah. gonna get along with. <laughs> and and that is like a major concept of this game. I think I told all of you that. But like both teams right now are so desperate for people that the sex are basically trying to convince all of you to join. That's, that's um, an interesting position to be in. Yeah. yeah. So there is power in being in the middle too, because you can play both sides for as long as you need to before be you make your a decision. own. Never submit. Never yeah. Spit. Absolutely. I think from what Caleb and I talked about, I'm technically Cam right now, but I don't think I want to be. (laughs) I'm also like like super young. I'm like six months old. Yeah. Old-ish. Yeah, I think we're all pretty pretty young. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Because I don't think I know entirely what's going on. I agree. So, did I right. did I remember that correctly? Yes, you did. Right. Um, so at this point, it seems like we're middle of the road. We want to start yeah. the game with clear yeah. options so that we don't yeah. go headlong. Now, I'm sure after session, basically by session three, I'm sure you guys will have formed at least your first opinion. Um, so I, <laughs> and by uh, that, you mean there will be brawls in the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, somebody. What I'm excited for is the second opinion. But um, <laughs> well, well, you know, a lot of it is going to be like, who, who's the pitch person, right? Yes. How well do we respond to that individual? You know, how, you know, are we drinking the Kool-Aid or are we like, I just don't like this motherfucker. Whatever he tells me, I'm going to do the exact opposite. And the fun of this game is that listening to the pitch person ignores the world of things happening behind who gave you the pitch, right? And so who you fall in love with NPC-wise isn't necessarily indicative of what's going to happen to you later. They're all lying. Everyone is lying to you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Lying is hard. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You don't have to lie. Be be an honest vampire. That always works out. I've already decided it always works out so well. (laughs) But... 
Just so, from an Allegra perspective, I have a really hard time lying at any time. <laughs> I'm glad you're playing a lying character. I think it'll be fun. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited successful, maybe not, but fun, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so right now we're sitting on the goat song, Do Not Succumb to Hubris. The other, the tragic monsters, we don't hurt the innocent is kind of what the vibe we're getting. Yeah. And then this new Be Your Own, Never Submit. I don't really know what the concept title of that is, but... So that would be like sticking to your own belief systems rather than abiding by whatever a sect is telling you to do. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a part of a sect, but it means that sure. if they were to give you an order, if you somehow become very buddy-buddy with Camarilla and someone gives you a blood hunt to hunt another member of your coterie, that would be a major be-your-own-never-submit moment. Do you agree right. with the people who have given you this power and are giving you this position, or do you uh, go against them to save your friend? that would be one of the major like concepts I would throw down for you guys. I really I really think those three, I mean they're they're not mutually exclusive, right? Goat song, yeah. tragic monsters, be your own, never submit. Those I think we could I think those three would be great. Yeah. I, I I think the four of this works. So goat song, protecting the innocent, be your own, never submit. Um, and uh, don't lose your humanity basically, right? Yeah. 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 That's good. Okay. Yeah. But now there was the question of why are we together? Yes. And that might be better defined with our coterie. But I suppose if we, well, we've already said that our characters don't necessarily hold all these tenants. This is more of a player thing. But so I don't this know. is like your out of character reason for being together is that you understand that all of you are telling the same story. So, for yeah, example, sure. if two of your characters disagree on protecting the innocent, Aaron is all about fuckers for no reason, um, and you're desperately trying to cling to the fact that we shouldn't do that, maybe that causes a rift from your characters, but from a player point of view, that gives you guys a reason to talk after game and go, okay, next game, we should try and have some sort of conversation that that uh, addresses this. Or maybe gotcha. it's just solitary. You don't talk to Aaron about it, but you make a conscious decision of, I'm going to be an active part in Aaron's character learning to protect the innocent. Gotcha. Or I'm going to be the active part in putting him down when he refuses to learn to protect the innocent, right? Uh, if that sort of, that's what the tenants are there for. How can I use this to involve the rest of the party members and honor that tenant? Whether the out of character, like the out of character guidelines to push and motivate our characters. Exactly, yeah. So do we all feel good about the tenants? We have uh, do not succumb to hubris, protect the innocent at all costs, be your own, never submit, and don't lose your humanity. We feel good about those four? Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. That's our game right there. I will be punishing you for going against these ideas, but whenever I do, I'm going to remind you that you agree to these rules. So <laughs> you, you may come to a situation where you do something and I'm going to just say the tenant at you and you're gonna go, ah, shit, okay, fine. But you also said they're supposed to be broken. I did. Fuck so you. that I could punish you. What do you think this game's about? Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, that's part of the fun, right? That's how you get your stains. That's how you lose your humanity because I know a lot of us were confused as to how how that goes about, but it really is. It's it's denying your convictions and denying your tenants. That's, that's how you sort of functionally lose the person you were. Um, okay, moving forward. We, we've talked about it a lot, but now it's time to finally decide. We're gonna talk about Coterie type. 
Coterie type uh, is to further specify what kind of a game we're all looking for. It's sort of the in-game version of the tenants, right? So if the tenants are for out-of-character reasons for us all to be together, Coterie type is the in-character reasons why we get together every week, right? The Coterie type is an example of what the Coterie's actual function in the game will serve from a thematic standpoint. At the start of our game, we won't be a functioning coterie, but by the end of session one, we'll have earned the title even if it isn't functioning. Meaning that for this distinction, we must have a designation within the world. Contrary to D&D and Vampire, we're looking at a group of people that almost never take allies or alliances without something at stake or something to gain. The Chronicle Denants give us behind the scenes narrative on why we're together and what kind of game we're playing. Coterie type gives us the narrative reason in the actual world we're playing. So I know you guys have been talking about some. I saw that you guys popped it into the group chat. I'm sure that you have a secret uh, DM where you're all just posting really bad pictures of me and making fun of me. Um, Obviously, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be sexual. Definitely. Um, But let's talk about it. What do you guys have in mind? Well, I'm going to just state the ones that we have kind of refined a little bit because we uh, liked them or we thought that they were appropriate. There's champions. Champions. We fight for a good cause. There's the Fang Gang, which we are a criminal crew, gang oh, or the like. I that's That has my vote right there. You know, I kind of <laughs> like the Fang oh, yeah. Gang, too, in, in, in a way, for reasons. There's the Marishal. Is that pronounced? Marishal? Yeah. The, which is serves and guards the lord of the city. I'm a little iffy on that after all we've talked about. The Questari seeks to accomplish a great enterprise or objective. The Veem, or the Vem, enforces the masquerade. That one to me is probably the most evocative. And then there's the Watchman, protects the city from supernatural intruders, which I also really dig. Yeah. I, the one I, I know I, I talked about Marischal, and I think I was confusing that for Cerberus. Cerberus was protects or guards an important location. Okay, um, which is also cool in a way. Yeah, I think I think the LA by Night coterie was more like a Cerberus because they were all about Griffin College and Griffin Park. And everything like that. Yes, um, very true. They they were also heavily into um, the the Veen because a lot of their side quests had to right. do with ensuring that no one saw the werewolves, no one saw this, no one saw that. Yeah. What when I think of Fang Gang, I think of Vegas Heist. Like that's, that's what that's exactly I exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven, like that's what I would want to like, do. Like we a have to, game. we have to break into the Bellagio at some point, right? Like it's, it's right there. Yeah. I want to swim that in a shark. Kind of fun. We just have to pick our crime because kind of everything about being a kindred is a crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, so the interesting thing about Fang Gang is w- we can discern what sort of crime you guys are about. We can also sort of discuss whether we think that's sanctioned by one of the sects or if that's something we're doing outside of that. Um, and it could also be if we like the idea of heists, but we don't like the idea of being a gang 100% of the time, it could be something that we talk about just putting a heist into the game if one of these appeals more to it. Um, and, but that was something that definitely came in my mind, and I have things like that planned, casino things and classic, like, I mean, there's the mob museum in Vegas and this huge criminal underground. It's definitely something we could explore for sure. So one I just saw that I, I, because I didn't read Cult of the Blood Gods, uh, (laughs) but one that kind of, we could, that leaves room for all that are saboteurs, spies, assassins, and political disruptors who seek to upend the structure. That sounds great. 
That sounds fun. Okay. Yeah, does sound fun. And it does fit to you guys being middle of the road. Saboteur doesn't always mean that you have a person you're reporting back to. Maybe you guys are poisoning both sides, or maybe you do fall in love with one of the sex, and you decide we're gonna fuck up the other side as hard as we possibly can and play double agents because they both need Ooh. people right now. Or we weaken both sides and we can therefore Blame make sure that oh. exactly let them be distracted by all that shit and we can Which, take over. This great big narrative of we're gonna play both sides and come out on top really gets close to a concept we just put together called Goat Song. Uh-huh. <laughs> Applying yourself to hubris is sort of like thinking you can take down both sex and end up powerful on the other side. Right. Yes, sir. Right. Which I personally would enjoy. Compelling narrative. <laughs> Compelling narrative and story. Yeah. I, I vote for saboteurs. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And 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 could we like transition from one yes, kind of code? One hundred percent. What we start I, out as is not necessarily what we will be. And also this is just for us. It's not something that comes into play mechanically. This is just so I know what you guys want out of the game. So if you wanted to be a Veen who is actually a saboteur, or if you wanted to be a Watchman that's actually a saboteur, that's possible too, because essentially they're not going to tell you, or one side is not going to tell you, yeah, go spy for us. They're going to say, hey, we want you guys as our, on our side as our guards. So maybe you're doing Veen work for them, or Questari work for them, but you're doing saboteur work for the others, or w- whatever that is. We can put two together, or maybe it's it's a Veen and a Fang gang, where you guys are doing crime on the side that no one talks about, but you're also protecting the masquerade in the city, or a Watchman and a Questari. You're supposed to protect the Vegas from supernatural things, but the only way to do that is to go get a great MacGuffin, right? Mm-hmm. I think that we're all supposed to be relatively new to the whole political structure. I I, I almost think it makes more sense narratively that we begin as tools and we become weapons. Like we we become saboteurs through our experience of dealing with the Camarilla or or whatever. So that's why like the, the starting as watchmen sounds fun and simple like it's a very you know morally black and white kind of thing that then becomes more gray as we interact with the world right um and and also just like all of us being kind of the underclass uh, it's a i'm I'm gonna get into obnoxious film theory but like you know when you talk about like noir detectives noir detectives are always those guys that live in the in, in between the criminal world and the 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 leaders of the world and they kind of you know point out the the, the hypocrisies in both etc and so i i like the idea of like enforcing the masquerade um because we will see a lot of the hypocrisy in 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 the camarilla and and stuff like that but i love the idea um, of eventually becoming saboteurs actually uh can i add on something this is kind of actually based off of like a real group that happened when like the mob in their heydays mm-hmm. there was a group of just like assassins i think we're called like murder inc or something they, they would basically inc. yep murder inc every like no family effed with these guys because they were all terrified but they used them they would go mm-hmm. and take care of what they got to take care of but no one took action against them and the only reason they came apart was one of their own kind of and it caused like a domino effect but, i just want to yeah. i just want to acknowledge as a coterie that we are newbies to all of this like it won't make sense if we're walking into this like badasses like knowing how we're going to play both sides you know what i mean right right yeah and i wasn't implying to do that but that's where i was just thinking like 
Oh, I see where you're going, like where we would not be, but eventually that's how I vision us is. We're so gonna get the, to that point that we may not all be alike, alike, but people don't fuck with us. So I think we have come to sort of like a conclusion. Stop me if I shouldn't be saying this, but we want to eventually become saboteurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually we want to be the spy, the assassin, the, the one in charge of <laughs> taking down the other sect. So now I think it's just about deciding what we start out on. I think Fangang would be great for starting off. No. I agree. I like Fangang and Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, also, if we're if we're all sort of doing our own little criminal activities by ourselves, then that does kind of cover, like, I mean, we could combine our crimes, but also it just seems like they're going to make us, as newbies, Watchmen anyway. Does Watchmen cover the Second Inquisition? I know it specifically says supernatural threats, but would that so, cover the Second Inquisition? Uh, to me, it's predominantly supernatural, but um, the Second Inquisition absolutely makes that list. You're going to be fucking up the SI a lot because the Watchmen are essentially uh, people who are uh, charged by the enforcer of the city. So odds are you're either working with a sheriff or one of the barons of the anarchy or of the anarchs. Um, so you're working with like the the king killer of the city, um, and they're sending you out on missions to report uh, to and from uh, uh, taking care of things like that. So predominantly it will be you guys were chosen because you're the lucky little licks that they think should die to a ghost or die to a werewolf or die to the oblivion or whatever it is the sabbat is planning ritual wise or whatever. Um, but if the SI come through, obviously you're going to be called too, because if you can take a ghost, you can take a cop. Yeah, I like the Suicide Squad vibe of like, you know, we're all just being kind of thrown to the wolves to see whether we can stand and, and survive. And um, yeah. And I just like the beginning of the game being like supernatural stuff, and then it becomes more political as we kind of get a little more versed in the world. Right. Mm, I agree. And, and I am hearing this heist stuff. Either way, we're going to have a heist. Yes! It's, it okay. seems like we all want a heist. I'll put a heist in. I, Thank I you. I planned a heist, so it helps. Like, it works out. <laughs> it seems we all really wanted to rob a casino. So. We want to steal it. Yeah. I won't. Maybe oh, that's in the view of being Watchmen, too. You know, maybe there is something you need to take down a particular supernatural baddie. And yeah. it's locked in a safe in a high store. Fucking you, you know, Orpheus is, is running a, a, a Vegas <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. thing. We got busted. Exactly. Yeah. So two things. So and and I won't beat this dead horse any deader. Um, but so so one thing that stood out to me that you were saying, Serge, is that you know being new, being unknown, we're all relatively young. Our political inclinations aren't really public knowledge among like the movers and shakers and either the Camarilla or the Anarchs. You've got Sabiri and you've got Vanguard. So disguised and covertly inserted by a rival lord or established operations behind enemy lines. Like for us to have like a Mala or somebody calling the shots who's like, okay, you guys are new, you're young, nobody knows you. You're gonna go spy on this group or you're gonna go report back to me on what's going on in this part of the city that we don't have any eyes on. Something like that. Shit. I mean, in, I mean, in some ways, I'm my character kind of is that, but that's what I'm uh, saying. Like we're all so, like we're months old, right? So like right. nobody knows who the fuck we are. So um, we can easily it would um, continue our streak of having a mom in every campaign. <gasps> who's, wait, who's not a baby? Raise your hand. 
I think, I think, okay. Okay. Are we talking but baby human or baby, baby is a vampire? vampire? Yeah, baby is a kindred, like, like first two years. All of you know next to nothing, but yeah. some of you are older than a year. Okay. You all have the same level of knowledge. Some of you have like cursory knowledge of other things because of your backgrounds, but you guys know how to bite. You know how to live. You know how not to die. Don't get in the sun. You don't know anything about the Anarchs or the Camarilla. You know that sometimes very powerful vampires tell you you're doing something wrong. That's the extent for all of you. Uh, uh, Just an idea. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm so sorry. So no, with uh, Watchmen and all that, uh, just because I'm trying to think, because we already have that. Like, we all have to be the same courtier, because uh, even though we're forced into that, does that make because uh, I'm just thinking like how we would interact we would constantly just go back to our club and how we just run things yeah. so is that is uh would we be also part of that or we just separate it from that no so your coterie this group right here would be the watchmen we're sort of okay. deciding what this group of people are so if if we choose watchmen the reason why you and Aaron get together with with Leg, with Sergio, with Eli, with Vince, with Zach, is because you all are a part of this Watchmen group, whether by choice or by force, right? Um, this is sort of just deciding what you guys do when you come together. So if we choose Watchmen, you guys are going to see a lot of ghosts, a lot of werewolves, a lot of other spooky, very powerful vampires and what you have to do with them. If you choose uh, uh, Sabiri, you're going to be talking with your vampire dad a lot about what it is you're supposed to be getting out of the sex and what you can do to do that. Uh, if you choose Fang Gang, you're going to be sent on a lot of criminal ex escapades and you guys are going to build a Walter White empire. You know, it's just the flavor of what we're doing before the meta plot takes over. Got it. Or how the meta plot takes over what you're doing, because the meta plot will be different based on what you pick. These all feel like, like sequential. Like the Sabiri feels like what happens on our way to becoming the Fang Gang. On our way to becoming saboteurs. Um, yes, to becoming so, saboteurs. So like we start Watchmen, move Sabiri. Fang gang saboteurs. Yeah, I like that. we want to see the whole fucking we world. Want to <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, I like that. And I mean, taking on all that is close to goat song too. You're 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 spreading yourself in every direction in the city because they need you to. How far can you spread? I wonder if like maybe certain characters take on the Sabiri. Uh, well, because yeah. I know you mentioned yeah. some people might do something else. Um, maybe we start as whether it be Fang Gang or Watchmen, and then, but some of us are, are Sabiri or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I think if Watchmen, if our whole vibe is to be a team and be loyal and communicate honestly, we're going to be disloyal and never communicate and make secrets as quick as possible, which yeah, is going to get us into Sabiri territory. It's just who you guys are. Yeah. yeah. True. Um, and just like we took the heist out of Fang Gang, we can take things out of the others. If you guys yeah. don't necessarily want to be severe, you want to be Watchmen, but you do want someone who like looks over you through that process, we can discuss putting in a Mala into that type of gameplay. If we like that piece, but we want that piece, we can sort of make our own puzzle. There. We want a mommy every campaign. I will get you a mommy. 
I've already baked mine. All right, so shall Wait. we shall we do a round of uh, voting of just yeah. kind of what, what, what do we start as? My mommy, okay, so all right, champions. I'm thinking nobody's voting for champions. I think that one died on the table. Yeah. Okay. So. Fang gang, hands up for Fang gang. Oh come on. Two. I can't get all good. There's parts I really want. Yeah. Uh, I want to fight ghosts, goddammit. Yeah, like, but we kind of did that already last, last game. I want to fight more. <laughs> I'm not going ghost. I promise. <laughs> it's going to be much worse. Like I Love. said, body horror. Hmm. Keep it in mind. That's, um, that's why I'm mostly leaning towards Watchmen. But... The next is Cerberus, which I like. Protecting a, a sacred or important location or item within the, the city. That died on the table. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I don't buddy. care about anything enough to watch protect it. But Starry, you've been sent on a great quest by an important part of the town. You've got to complete it. Nobody else. Yeah. We're, we're, it feels like we're going to work to it. Rest yeah. in peace. Rest we're gonna, in we're peace. Get there. Uh, Aveen, uh, protect the masquerade. Ensure that humanity never finds out that you people are fucking with your fangs. I don't care. Nope. We're yeah, all good we with have, that. Fuck that. Masquerade's not a priority in this. I just want to say, <laughs> masquerade is literally in the fucking name. It's a little important. <laughs> Probably important. Probably important. So l let me put this in perspective. The reason why the SI is going to be a situation, whether you like it or not, is because every time that the masquerade is functionally changed, essentially I'm going to give it a five dot score. The masquerade starts at dot zero, meaning that nothing has happened recently. It probably shouldn't start at uh, zero, but that's what I'm doing. Um, and every time you guys commit something that changes the world, that allows humanity to know just a little bit more about what you guys are doing behind the scenes, the masquerade score gains. It's broken, and it's broken, and it's broken. And the higher you get up on that score, maybe there's just a few second Inquisition uh, detectives. The first dot. Three. I want to fight those fuckers. The second a squad comes in uh, past your your purview, and you've got to take them out. A third, one of your friends is firebombed in the city. A fourth, a major second Inquisition player comes into play, and fifth, all-out war. Vegas is shut down, and you're the enemy. Yeah, so like GTA it, five stars. I was yeah. thinking that. <laughs> yeah. five star. You better to turn it. on the Don't fucking tank cheat. Because yep. you, it's the only way you're gonna live. <laughs> um, but uh, so that will come into play regardless of what we do. The next was Watchmen. Votes for Watchmen. Protect from outside supernatural influence. One, two, three, four, five. I don't Wait. Okay. What? What was it? Watchmen. 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 Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Watchmen oh, has it. Uh, ten. Uh, saboteurs Aaron's obviously so is our second. Yeah. I, I think we become saboteurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sabbath. And uh, Sabiri? We'll get there. That's the one where you have a dad. Yeah. No. Well, uh, you always okay. have a mom. Excuse me. All right. Well, <laughs> well, I just thought maybe we could switch it up. Mommyonly.com. <laughs> we'll have a parent. Um, so, wa Honestly, so watch them like to saboteurs. Yes, it looks like we are starting our world off 
as watchmen, people who guard the uh, brink of the abyss uh, in Vegas and stop whatever supernatural instances that are. And that does not just include like things that are not vampires. It also includes what vampires are doing to enhance uh, humanity and, and to bring about terrible, terrible things. So uh, that will come about. That will be a, a huge point in our sort of investigation there. Um, and then later we'll become saboteurs. Later we will try and overthrow the government, whichever government we decide that is. All of them. Um, you know, that's a usual, that's another usual theme for yeah. us. Taking down the big man, yeah, we <laughs> love to do that. I'm going to try and make it hard, though. I'm going to try and make you like the big man. I'm gonna, I like uh, that. Yeah. Make you try and like both sides. I like that. Um, but that's that's what we're going with. I love this. This is very good. Uh, beautiful. So, middle of the road, watchman group going into saboteurs. Now, the one thing we'll have to decide, and I think you guys are going to decide this in-game, is who are you watchmen for? Are you watchmen for the Anarchs, or are you watchmen for the Camarilla? Um, because really, you can't be employed by yourselves if you're watching. Can we be employed by both? Like, they come to us? Could be. I'm, I'm down for that. I'm, I'm all for that. It just depends on how we, we get them to agree to it in the game. Who's um, got the most influence control over the city right now? Like, who's, who's in power? Is it more the Camarilla, or is it evenly divided? So, it's evenly divided, but on the surface level. The public perception is that right now the Anarchs are in power. Um, the public perception, mm -hmm. and, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about that after character intros and relationship map. I'll go into like the state of the world and the lore itself. Yeah. But the idea is because of what the Anarchs just pulled off, both sides are sort of quaking in their boots. One thinking, oh my God, how are we going to take the city now? The other thinking, how did we let them get away with that? Um, so the public perception is that the Anarchs are in control but the greater perception is the honest truth of it in talking to any two members is realizing that they're both on equal terms no one's I, in I control could, i could probably see the anarchs reaching out because like if if they've recently secured a foothold in the city they're going to be the ones most have, having the most vested interest in locking down influence and power as quickly as possible i'm cool with either one i think it would be great for me to be a foreign exchange student in your little yeah. anarch group. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's gonna be interesting. I, I will say if you're if you're Cam and you're caught hanging out with the Anarchs, if you're Anarch and you're caught hanging out with Cam, it hurts your reputation in a way that loses your head. Um Okay. Let's talk character intros and relationship maps, okay? Um the last thing we got to do is introduce our character concepts to each other and see if we want to apply any previous relationships or develop what we're going to see uh, in game. We'll start in alphabetical order. Just give us a spoiler free introduction to who they are, what their clan is and how you see them interacting with the group or what role you think they'll fill. Um, this is really just to give us an idea. You don't want to give the, the cow away. Um, because a lot of this obviously is going to come out in session one. We haven't met each other yet, so we don't want to inform ourselves too much, but obviously we want to know who we're, who we're pounding around with and how that's going to fit into everything we just came up with. So alphabetically, uh, I think we're starting with Aaron, if you want to tell us a little bit about God your character. Damn A! <laughs> a double A. Triple A storage. Yep. Um, 
My, uh... I, uh... What? Um... What's my your guy's name? name is Enoch. Hi, Enoch. Hi, Enoch. Hi, Enoch. <laughs> I've, been, I've been a vampire for, what, three months? <laughs> it's been two weeks yes, since we my last drink. Wow. Oh. Uh, it's not good. Yeah, you gotta yeah. get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the whole uh, kind of like uh, backing force is I, I is that the, the, this is a guy who was like a um, like elite Ivy League level theoretical physicist who was on like the cutting edge of quantum dynamics and like extra dimensional mathematics and string theory and shit. And when he became a vampire, all of that like information in his head just ex exploded his brain. And there, there's there's too much in his brain. He knows more about like the universe and the nature of reality than any one person should. Uh, and, and and that just kind of broke him. Um, What's your claim? He's a Malkavian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm brain. Huh. <laughs> Did I have to say that? No. <laughs> no. Not after the galaxy broke my brain statement. No. I know um, everything. But like, I think like, I think the way I've been thinking of him is like, he's, he's kind of like um, DC Lucifer meets Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, God. I love it. What? I love it. Bill and I got the biggest Lord drop ever. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Oh, God. Got and it. What sort of a role do you think mechanically you'll serve in the party? Um. Well, I, I think a lot of it is going to be... Uh, I think social based, okay. maybe like political machinations based. Uh, he has some like combat ability, but but I see it more uh, him being like a like a support character in that sense. But but I see his his main contribution being in social and political formats. Awesome. All right, I think we're ready for the other half of this pair. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that so? Why did that feel so awkward? I don't understand. You're fine, darling. Fine, baby. You're good. Uh, oh, that's me. So I am playing Allison Rockwell. I am the. I'm not going to say the other word. The sire of Enoch. Now you have to say the other word. <laughs> Go ahead. Mommy. Fine. <clears throat> uh, I'm yeah. his mommy. <laughs> Therefore, that's what I'm saying. There is no mommy. That's just me. So, um, oh God. She, Allison is actually uh, very opposite of Enoch. Uh, she actually was raised um, in a very wealthy family. Almost think of it like her parents were high up in society. She's she's been like she's lived in London. She's lived in San Francisco. She has an apartment in San Francisco at one point. Like so you can understand like she would move around is in high circles. But when uh things happened and she became a vampire, she no she just knows she had to go to Vegas and kind of stay there and then because she's like very she's actually very well done up. She's kind of like that uh how do we describe like Think like a reality show couple. That's how I'm kind of picturing us two in Vegas. Like the real house. Like I'm talking, no, I'm talking I love New York 
2000 era VH1 reality where she's just like kind of about the drama, but she, am I the drama? No, I'm yeah. not the drama. Like, but kind of loves it. So that kind of like so obsessed with celebrity, she is very connected within music. So you will see me kind of like always in a party situation. Oh. So, uh, she's been around for like a year plus. Oh, sorry. Uh, could you just tell them what we workshopped your Which name one? as before you? Uh... Oh, basically, this was Tiffany. I would have drawn oh, you in a red dress. <laughs> I didn't know if it would have been too much, but it it's is. It's better this basically... way. It's better this yes, way. It's, it's just Tiffany for us. Way. It's just for us in the page. Just so you all know, like Tiffany there. Tiffany's lives. And. By the way, you did not take two weeks to drink. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, he knows. Uh, let me think what else. Uh, yes, over a year, does not know kind of much because she was abandoned. And only mm. thing she knew is like any clue she had was in Vegas. Yeah. And so, is she Malkavian too? She is Malkavian. Okay. And so then she what, has a what club. Role, what role do you think? That's where it's like, I feel like Aaron and I will maybe take more of a supporting back role for at least this because they're not going to be like in that like they'll do it if they have to but the thing about like, aaron and my yeah go ahead yeah but like the thing is, is we have stuff like um like auspix and like silence of death and stuff yes where so i think we i think i think mostly for us it would be like stealth and subterfuge mm -hmm. oh but yeah if, like things come to like physical blows i don't know how useful we're gonna be amanda is really powerful when it comes to uh social fights too amanda has a lot of like um weird oh, malkavian ability to control another human being uh. um so she, she will like be a great face character i think i'm a very good puppet master and I do have, uh, and because of my insanity, uh, you will not, my insanity is not as, like, you will see it, I will show it to you. And I don't know if I want to reveal that now. No, yeah. you're good. That was more than, that was the perfect statement right there. Okay. Uh, you should really be worried about the Malkavian that doesn't show you what's wrong with it. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving past my darling Alice and Tiffany. Uh, I may just switch it to Tiffany at this point. Uh, it's too late. Uh, uh, I'm playing Mal. Uh, Mal is uh, Alessandra. Um, so I'm expecting danger for my soul, and that's fine. Um... I they're a little bit of a nihilist. Um, and by a little bit I mean a lot. Yeah. Um they I don't think I want to say any more than that. Oh, um, that's fine. They're um I, I'm getting like big teen kid in a sitcom vibes, but like teen kid in like goth rebel phase. Um, Riverdale. Yeah. I've never seen Riverdale, but probably. <laughs> Just from like everything I've seen on Tumblr, yes. Very Jughead. Yeah. Oh, cool. The yeah. world doesn't understand me. Yeah, for sure. Um, nihilism again. Um, and I think. I 
think I'm gonna be like a stealthy person. I don't think I'm a tank this time. <laughs> um, I think a lot of stealth and a lot of like weathering situations. Maybe. Beautiful. Weathering? What do you mean by weathering? Yeah, explain. Stamina? Uh, yeah, or not okay. stamina. I have a lot in I have a lot in resolve. So just mm. being able to like handle shit, I mm. guess. Um and why I think like observation and stealth are like gonna be my two big things. It's just like seeing things and sneaking up on things. Cause I got shadow magic. Yeah, cool. Which is the yeah. reason I picked La Sombra entirely. <laughs> Caleb said shadow magic, and I said that. <laughs> and then I learned about things, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, what have I done? Um, so in terms of clans, Malkavians are uh, known very well for being the insane uh, half of the, the vampire clans. They were cursed with this insanity in their blood the second that they were turned. So they all have some form of uh, derangement to their bodies. But they can also cause derangement in other people. They can manipulate them. They can see into the future. They can see into dreams and uh, portent uh, the future and everything like that. They're all manner fucked up. Um, in terms of La Sombra, La Sombra are uh, the other half of the Ventru, essentially. So the Ventru is the highest of the clans there, or at least they think they are. Uh, <laughs> they're in charge of the Camarilla in most places. The highest members of the Camarilla, odds are they're, they're a Ventru. They're political, uh, business savvy and all that. Uh, the La Sombra are actually like their cousin clans, they call them. The La Sombra used to be highly uh, integrated with the Ventru until they had differing opinions on how the Camarilla should be instated. And the La Sombra basically said, well, fuck you. If you won't let us build an empire, we'll go and build one ourselves. So they infiltrated the Catholic Church and helped form the Sabbat and have become the orchestrators of mass vampire terrorism. Um, and just recently, the Camarilla realized that the Sabbat are in a dying age and said, you know what? We can bring the La Sombra back in. Um, and so Mal is one of the first to being brought back into the fold. I know yeah. nothing about anything. <laughs> and they're like, hey, oh, you come know here. something off of that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like uh, Leg said, they control shadow magic. They can touch into this thing called oblivion, which you'll find out about. Um, I think it's Vince next. Letters? No. Eli. <laughs> I can do things. The second to last person. You got it. You got it. Eli? Yes. Or as I like to call you, Zeli. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm playing Niles, and Niles is technically a gangrel. But. That's all. That's all. That's it. <laughs> okay. I, I'm technically from the Pacific Northwest, but I will always tell you I'm from the East Coast. Um, what? Just keep saying technically. They'll never. Technically. <laughs> um, uh, I'm like, how's that accent? Yeah. Um, What's the elevator pitch for Niles? <laughs> what does Niles technically do? Mm. Niles. Technically, um... What's their sign? <laughs> complicated. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I wrote a very mechanically complicated character. Uh, Niles will always kind of look more human than uh, Vampire. Uh, like, has an actual, like, tinge of, like, life to the skin and stuff like that. Um, um, she's very, like, meek and mild-mannered, though. Um, is kind of withdrawn a little bit towards herself, but always kind of brings, like, a level of positivity to it. Um, but there's always, like, an unlikable quality about her <laughs> through the whole thing. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much Niles. Uh, I would say my greatest strength technically is like physical stats with strength and stamina um but um she's not necessarily going to be like the first to a fight um and she does have some more of like stealth or like being a face ability uh, like being sneaky more roguish -ish type of person Be no likable got it <laughs> you made a rope. Make you this. know that it's like a great vampire character when you can say like nothing about yeah. what true anything that they are like, and that's happened to, like three already of like oh, I think that's it. I don't want to say anything else. I am kindred. I am kindred. Yes. All right. Uh, Zach is next. Serge is next. Serge is next. Acting <laughs> is Zach. I will go next. Thank you. Um, so I am playing a, uh, Ravnos, and their name is John Burroughs, but I think they are going to prefer to just go by Burroughs. That's probably how they'll introduce themselves. Um, the elevator pitch for Burroughs is that he's a dude who has seen everything, like he's experienced the highest highs that life has to offer, and now in his undeath, like, he's not afraid of anything. Like, he's gonna walk into a room and talk to anybody and shoot the shit and, like, not be a... Not, like, like, fear isn't really a, a, an issue when you've kind of already seen everything is kind of the mindset uh, with, with Burroughs. Um, so I think socially, he'll be pretty useful. Um, but being a Ravnos, like, there is some chaos. Like, he's gonna be... Uh, persuaded to cause some chaos, but always, I think, in his mind, it's like justified. Um, I think that's kind of thing. Yeah. So, so social. Uh, he can throw a punch too, but uh, he, I feel like he's going to be more of a social character. Um, and real, real quick, let's uh, like something that that uh, uh, Sergio brought up was Clan Bane's basically uh, when when he says that he is uh, bidden to cause chaos, that's because of his blood. Yeah. Um, so real quick, I will bring up what all of your guys' banes are, just so that we oh. have an awareness of how they work. Um, I know that there's a list. So Maybe I have let, it in the book. Let the dog out, I'll be right back. Sure. Um, you know what, I have it right here. Actually, let's just keep going. Uh, Vince, do you want to tell us a little bit about your character while I look this up? I will indeed. Uh, so I will be playing uh, Ragel, uh, a, a member of the Salubri clan, uh, having the third eye in the middle of his of his dome. Um, so uh, highest, my highest attribute is wits. Uh, my highest skills are investigation, awareness, and insight. Uh, so very much an investigator, very much a uh, 
uh, a person who who can you know help help. Yeah, he's just an investigator. I'll just put it that way. Um, while alive, how much how much should I go into about? I mean, because it, it's it's all gonna it's he's gonna be I pretty. Mean, what's open like the it. elevator pitch for for Ragel? Like like no. Yep, investigative journalist in life, um, kind of still figuring out his role in death. Uh, has been kept isolated from kindred society by his sire and is uh, slowly being introduced into it for reasons. Uh, oh. So, for reasons. Yeah, for reasons. Yeah. Um, my clan bane, because I got it written here, uh, pe- people love salubri blood. Uh, kindred loves salubri blood. Mm. So, anybody who consumes enough of his blood to abate at least one hunger level (laughs) has to make a hunger frenzy test at a difficulty two plus my bane severity. Otherwise, they're going to fucking drain me. So, yeah. This is great. Yeah. Great news. Uh, Yeah. The La Sombra, which was Mal's, uh, Mal essentially has no reflection um, and any chance to use technology in any way is added oh, right. uh, a plus two to your difficulty score. Oh, damn. So oh, if okay. Mal has to touch anything mechanically or anything that has to do with screens, anything like that, they have a plus two difficulty to the role. They also, on camera, they show up as a shimmer, as like a, a glitch in the system, which could cause masquerade issues. Yeah. Um, or also be incredibly useful in the right circumstance. Sure. Sure. Like security cameras or something. Sure. Is there um, anyone in our group that is good with computers? Because I know that Burroughs is <laughs> I don't am. think so. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, Enoch right. is. Yeah. Right. Enoch's got it covered. Great. The Malkavians have their affliction, which is their form of insanity. Um, and they have a negative one to one attribute set based on that inflict, uh, affliction every time their bane is called into question um, or their affliction affects the way that they're they're uh, in, in uh, interacting. Uh, and like we said, the salubri, obviously the third eye bleeds during your discipline. So anytime right. that Regal uses a discipline, there will be blood dripping from a third eye in his forehead. Um, and there's a hunger frenzy test. Uh, to resist drinking their blood. Mm. Oh, so that's um, a literal third eye, not figuratively. Literal no, third eye. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that it took me a minute. I was just like, what? Which, okay. w- when you get there, Regal will describe how his looks. It looks every salubri has a different third eye on their their face. Some have like cat's eyes. Some of them have those weird like goat eyes. Like, you know, uh, whatever it is, he's gonna have some spooky eye on his forehead. <laughs> um, for the Ravnos. Uh, they can never sleep twice in the same locale within seven days. Uh, or they take aggravated burning damage. Um, they're also uh, compelled to uh, take rash immediate action uh, anytime that their compulsion comes into play. Um, and then Gangrel. Uh, Gangrel, you have an animal trait about you that you can't, uh, you can't ignore, obviously. Um, and it does not go away after you frenzy. So if you frenzy and you are a bird gangrel, you may grow a wing that doesn't go away after the frenzy until you go sleep. So you may be walking through Vegas trying to hide the big fucking clipped wing you've got on your side. Um, or not, and then, it's cosplay week. Yeah, yeah, you could get, you can just walk now. through Comic-Con. There we go. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then clan compulsions, which is sort of like what we were talking about, the chaos compulsion. Gangrel mm -hmm. get feral impulses. Um, the Lysombra get ruthlessness, meaning that they play the these, the roleplay of failure is not an option. The Malkavian get a delusion, meaning that your mind and perception is skewed from reality. Uh, the Ravnos get tempting fate, which is courting danger and problems. Um, and the Salubri get effective empathy. They're overwhelmed by other people's issues. Uh, they cannot see anything other than the emotion of someone else. The investigative journalism makes sense, then. Yeah. Uh, Zach, do you want to tell us about your character? Yeah. Uh, so, Sybil is a gangrel, and she's got a van that she drives around. Great. Um, That's a van. Yeah. Down by the river. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's in terms of, like, coterie role, uh, she's definitely that person that's, like, not the face, but whispering the names of people to the face of, like, the people in the room. Um, yeah, I think she's she's used to being around parties now. Not quite like Tiffany, but um, I think she's she definitely knows where to get the kegs for the party, if that's what you're looking Yo. for. Yes. So you're a party animal. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. Hey, oh, yes. I'm owning it. Disgusting. It did hurt, but you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's it. I mean, she kind of looks like, I don't know, she's giving like um, entry-level zillennial like intern, unpaid intern. That's her energy. <laughs> there was a character on a video game of snowboarding that I played as a child religiously, and you showed me Sybil, and I was like, oh, it's her! <laughs> there we go. We also, yeah, we had a... Well, never mind. I'll show you next time. Are you talking about what happened between you and I? Yeah. We had some... We were trying to come up with the aesthetic, and we, we confused people. We confused a rapper for an NPC in my game. Yeah. And I was wholly confused as to how Zach knew <laughs> the NPC. Nice. And it just it went really wrong. Nice. Well, I will bring it up when we get to it in stream. Okay. Um, so originally, I was thinking of doing the relationship map here, but I'm realizing there's eight of us. There's a lot of uh, distinction we would have to make between two characters. It's basically we'd have to make 16 decisions about these guys right now. I think we can do this outside of session zero and just come up with it uh, or even come up with it session one and sort of develop after that. So I'm going to skip that for now. But you guys will have a relationship map session one that I will show you guys um, that has all to do with how you guys interact with each other. So there will be an arrow from you to the person on how you feel about them and from them to you on how they feel about you and so on and so forth until we've done everyone in the coterie and then branching out to NPCs that are important to us. So for example, if we had a mala, like a, if you had a mom, um, the mom would be placed outside of the coterie circle on that relationship map. And whoever is attached to mom would have two arrows out to mom, just uh, sort of defining the relationship there. I know that a lot of this feels like, well, we already know how she feels about us or we already know how we feel about each other. And that that does come into play. And nine times out of 10, you already know where you stand with that person. So you don't have to look at the relationship map, but it comes into handy 
when things start to get busy politically. Because let's say Aaron has made this distinction that um, he really hates the way that uh, uh, that uh, Vince's character feeds. Um, and that distinction ends up on the relationship map where Aaron is just, he hates it, right? Now, someone outside of the realm of the Coterie that wants to get at Vince but doesn't have a way to do it can now use that fact against you guys to talk with Aaron into going against Vince because of the way he feeds, right? That's like a tool in their tool belt. So it helps you guys see what are all the things that Caleb is using against us and also what are all the things we can use against Caleb. Where are our allies, where are our enemies sort of thing. Think of it like a risk board and you're seeing all the chess, the risk pieces uh, of Las Vegas. Um, and we'll we'll have a closer picture of that when we get to session one on uh, July 2nd. I did um, forget to mention the most important thing. I have a dog. <gasps> How did you forget? What's their name? What do you mean? What's the, what's the You'll find out. Name? You'll find what's out. Now, are we talking about like a normal dog here or is it some yeah. kind of vampire yeah. hellhound? No, <laughs> no, no, totally normal dog. It's just a dog. His, na his name is Rufus. Okay. Now, technically, I read under animalism that anyone that has a point in animalism can already have like a a, a, a familiar. Yeah, yeah. A is, is that why you have a dog? Is it animalism? I don't know. No. Enoch, can we get a dog? <laughs> but you were in charge of him. It's right. a very complex relationship. Yeah. Technically, we're both in charge of each other. It's very true. <laughs> so derail. No, you're fine. Dogs are very important. Um, I would be upset if you didn't mention Rufus. Prince of Vegas. So I want to talk rules real quick. They're very basic, um, and I'm just kind of just going to slice down it. Um, in in this game, it, just like Orpheus, you're building a pool. Uh, the pool is based off of what you already have in your character sheet. So you're going to count up the dots, basically. So I'm going to bring up Niles. Um, a sheet here and, and we'll kind of use them as our, our basis here. Um, you have your attributes and you have your skills. Anytime we do anything in this game, I'm going to ask you uh, to roll an attribute and a skill together. So let's say that you are trying uh, desperately to outpunch the person on the other side and he's very strong and powerful, but you're fast and quick. Um, like Nile was described as a rogue, right? So Nile's going to be fighting with, with speed, right? So I may say, as you're trying to dodge around those hits and, and hit them in the stomach to weaken them as best you can, and you're just lightning jabbing into his, his stomach there, you're going to combine an attribute and stat. That'll be your attribute of dexterity and your skill of brawl, right? So then you'll take the, the dots combined and roll those together. For Niles, uh, it's uh, Dexterity and Brawl, which would be a pool of six. Nice. Um, feel free to look at your character sheets now and find out for yourselves. Um, and just kind of get an idea of what you would be rolling for yourself. Um, and then you can do a practice roll. I know I said don't have dice, so we don't really have to if you don't have them out in front of you. Um, I realize I was foolish to think we wouldn't need dice. Um, I listened to you and I did not. So, you know, what? well, that's okay. That's my fault. Um, no, it's not your fault. It's fine. Uh, so, with that pool of six, I'm just going to do a, a, a run through roll for Niles here. Um, and they got a 10, an 8, a 3, a 5, and a 3. 
right? Um, so, in terms of vampire, anything that is a six on the die or higher, six or higher is a success. Anything five or lower, fuck all. Don't even look at the fucking thing. So for us, we only got two successes on this pool of six. Now, two is like a moderate success. If this was a moderate difficulty, if this was a mortal who doesn't really know how to fight, be really easy to win this. We'd say, okay, two is a total win. You get to to deal damage to the guy now. Um, If it was uh, like... A vampire, maybe three or five or whatever it is, but you're trying to beat the DC with the amount of successes you got. So if the DC is four, you need to roll six or higher four times to win. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that? Orpheus, the DC is what you need to roll in order for it to be a success. In right. vampire, it's it's how many successes you get. Yes, you're accumulating successes to beat the roll. If you get a DC of four, you need to roll above six four times. And I read in the book that you can burn willpower on a normal failure to re-roll it? Yes. So you have a willpower stat. Uh, it should be right there on your sheet right under health. If that hasn't been filled out, let me know because I can give you the stat for doing so. For example, Nile has four points at the start of our game, right? So they can burn one of those willpower points and they come back after a, a night basically. You regain them each night. But they can burn one of them to re-roll three dice that are not hunger die. Okay. So if you are fully fed and you've got no hunger in your pool, you can re-roll three of your dice just like that. Now, um, when I say hunger die, that's something I can go into now. What you should do when you're playing this game is probably have two sets of d10s, one of which you roll normally and the other you only roll when you're hungry. Okay. Hunger die represent how uh, when was the last time that your character had blood? Blood is how we do everything in this game. Um, and the hunger die reflects just how badly the beast inside wants you to feed. Um, so the hunger die will replace normal die on your pool. So if you have a pool of six, but a hunger of two, two of these normal dice need to become hunger dice. Um, the only difference that this really means mechanically is one, you can't use willpower to uh, re-roll them. So if those go bad, they just go bad. There's nothing you can do about them. And two, um, if you have absolutely no successes and hunger die, you go into what a, uh, is called a bestial failure. And a bestial failure is like a natural one in this game. It means that not only did you fuck up royally, you also let your beast take over. And now the beast is going to compel you. That's either to make the most chaotic decision in Sergio's uh, point of view, or it's to compel the bane, or it's to compel the hunger and you go into frenzy potentially. There are a couple of different things that come into that. So if you've ever got hunger die and you roll a total failure, you're in trouble, okay? Now there are also crits. A crit in this game are two tens. If you ever get two tens, they amount to one crit. And that counts as four successes. So two tens is four, not two. That makes sense. Two tens gets you four successes. But one ten doesn't mean anything. One ten is just it's one just success. success. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so the hunger dice, they come up to it. If you fail, you get a compulsion. If you uh, crit while you have hunger dice, 
then you do what's called a messy crit. You succeed fantastically, but it's farther than the beast than the you would like to go because of the beast. So, for example, if you crit in this dexterity fight with this guy we were just talking about, maybe the hunger inside of you causes that messy critical, and instead of punching him in the gut, you rip his gut free, and he dies right in front of you. But you're in a crowd. And now people have seen you just disembowel this guy in front of everyone. And now you've got new complications because you did so well, right? Um, Gotta call me up. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the other thing I just want to talk about real quick is damage and healing. You take superficial damage or aggravated damage. Think like uh, superficial is like a half damage. It doesn't really actually affect you in until it starts to become aggravated and the only way it becomes aggravated is by filling your entire health bar with uh half damage right then it becomes full aggravated damage if your health bar becomes completely filled with aggravated damage you are sent into torpor or you die um that's that basically you had a question uh vince no i'm good i, f I found the reference uh with the vampire die with the onks and the and the skulls and stuff beautiful yeah if you guys want dice uh, there are vampire dice as well as blood dice sold on the World of Darkness website that will tell you exactly what the bestial failures are and all that good stuff. They look like this. They look like you got the you got the skull there and then the, the honks and stuff. Um, I think some of us know about blood bonds. We don't have to go over that. Uh, yeah, there is a, a frenzy. If you go into a hunger frenzy, that's essentially you're so hungry that now your body is no longer your own. Um, it is uh, different difficulty checks that I'll give you that you'll have to roll against, and it's basically willpower versus a third of your humanity. So the more you lose your humanity, the harder it is to keep the beast in check. And those frenzies basically let me take over for a while, and I will do the most uh, appropriate to your bane. Um, uh, moving forward, what else? Uh, extreme cold, very dangerous to you. Walking in daytime is a fucking life threat for the most uh, for most people. A staking either will slow you down or cause you to go into what's called torpor, meaning that you go into like a vampire coma for forever. Fire is immediate aggravated health damage. Um, so bullets, you can take a bunch of bullets and be fucking fine. But if if you were to be hit with a flaming crossbow bolt, that is immediate aggravated damage. The beast is terrified of fire. It also prompts a uh, uh, a frenzy test if we're running in, into something like that. I like he's uh, got something to say. Yeah, what's up? Does running water hurt you no. like it does in D&D? &D? No. Okay. Running water, you're all good. Running water is a myth unless you took the running water uh, right, right, right. disadvantage. Which a is lot the same of those... like the church one and like the counting rice one and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you took those, they do affect you. If not, you're you're totally fine. That is like a it's like psychosomatic almost in right. vampire society. Um, there is this thing called true faith we may run into. Mm -hmm. True faith is an individual that actually believes whatever spirituality they have in their life. And it has nothing to do with whether God is real or not. It has everything to do with whether they believe God is real or not, or whether they believe something about their life is true. So uh, if they are the most Buddhist person in the world, or if they believe that freedom is so very important, they are embroiled with this sort of power that can effectively kill vampires just by their mere presence. Um, so if you run into someone that makes you feel 
particularly weird or evasive or wards you away, um, uh, it may be that they have a thing called true faith. Um, what else do we need? The order of combat is close combat, ranged combat, new close combat, and then other combat. That's how we always do it. Start close, then whoever's shooting from range, then whoever just joined the fray, and then whatever else we have to deal with. So it's not um, an initiative, it's just based on position? There is initiative, but it's rolled at the beginning, and then it's in that order. So whoever has the highest initiative in close combat goes first. Oh, okay. Then highest, in, uh, highest initiative in ranged combat, and so on and so forth. And how do we roll initiative? Yeah. Uh, it is either composure plus resolve, dexterity plus awareness, or resolve plus awareness, and mm. it depends on the situation. Some of that, like composure and resolve is usually for um, like a social encounter. Um, uh, or wits and etiquette also plays into social, right? And all these things I'm going to give you a reference sheet for and everything. Um, I mean, I think this this is a, about it, honestly. Uh, how you de- define damage, essentially, is you put your pool against theirs, and whatever is left over from the successes is how much damage you've done to the other person. So if they dodge you, and you have four successes, they have two successes on their dodge, then they take two damage, because that's the leftover. Mm. Um, it's that that easy. So there's like a built-in soak to that. Yeah, exactly. And there are also soak rolls. There are some other things that you can do to to embody uh, or, or take care of those things. Cool. Um, there is uh, a couple powers you have in the blood that I want to tell you about real quick, and then we can end for the day. Um... Let me find where they are. Sorry, one second. So wait, who's my most chaotic motherfucker I gotta be mindful of? You. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, probably you two are going to be. Is it wrong that I seriously afterwards. looked at like Zach and Surge immediately? I was me? looking because you guys are stacked on top of each other on my screen. I'll be relatively uh, chaotic. I literally just like it's these two. It's these two. Zach's yeah. a chaos sleeper agent. We all know it. Yeah. Aaron and I. That's like the obvious answer. But let's be for real. That's where I'm like, nah. You're gonna want. You're gonna try to. Okay. I'm here to help you guys have a good campaign. <laughs> I believe so. Last thing about these rules, and then we can call it a day. Um, there are three actions you can do uh, that really help you out. One is called a blood surge. You would take uh, a dice equal to your blood potency in one attribute roll per turn, basically. So you could enhance an attribute you're not very good in by surging the blood, basically, rousing yourself up to get yourself ready. All it costs is uh, a rousing check. And what a rouse check is, if I ever ask you for that, you roll one die 10. If you succeed, you do not gain hunger. If you fail, you gain hunger. That's it. Um, That's also what you may need to do for your discipline. For example, to uh, dominate someone, you may have to do a rouse check. You roll one die. If it's above six, you don't get hungry. If it's below six, you do get hungry. No matter what, it succeeds. No matter what, you get to roll your dice. It's not like a pass or fail thing. Um, Whether it's strong enough to beat the other person, that's a different story. But it always happens regardless. Um, uh, And then there's Blush of Life. You can do a uh, a Rouse the Blood check to make yourself appear human. 
uh, like you have a heartbeat, you can sweat, you can have sex, you can use smartphones, you can interact with the world in a way you normally can't. Um, and then the last is you can do a bite attack during combat, which would be grappling or strength plus brawl. Um, and then if uh, you basically uh, lose one dice because it's difficult to do, but if you succeed, you can slake hanger, uh, hunger and cause two aggravated damage to your target. Um, any questions on any of that bullshit? Nope. Good, run, good rundown. Yeah. A lot of this is going to come up in game. A lot of this is going to be fly by night as we go through that first session. And I'm going. I sent both of these uh, little rules references into our Vegas by night chat so that we can we can get into it. Um, if you guys have any questions, if you want to talk characters, if you want to talk about our origin sessions and what comes next, reach out to me because uh, we got a lot of time before before July second when this thing pops off. Are there any questions about anything about this game at this current spot? When do we start? July 2nd, baby. All right. July Hell. 2nd, baby. Hell yes. Hell yes. Very excited. excited. Yeah. So excited. This is it, And guys. I will see you... Uh, I'll see, what, time, what time tomorrow, uh, Caleb? Uh, I'm thinking same time, as long as that works for you. Works for me. Awesome. Let's do it. Cool. Perfect. I sent you a message. Let's, let's send dates. it off for our Patreons who yes. are watching. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're meeting. <laughs> Thank you, patrons, for watching. Hopefully this was insightful. Yeah. And yeah. You got a little taste of what this game is going to be. And there's more stuff. We'll have some one-on-one -on -one sessions that we'll also share on Patreon. So yeah. well, thanks we'll for joining also, us. Uh, also be throwing up the relationship map once we put it together ourselves with a, sort of an awareness of where we start in Vegas on session one. Hell yeah. All right. I'm going to stop recording. Bye. Perfect. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.